We're taking you from sideline to sideline and everything in between. It's your one-stop shop for all things football. Join me, Aaron Mukes, every Wednesday and Friday for fresh takes, breaking news, fantasy gold, and more. College and NFL, we got you covered. This is Sideline to Sideline, the podcast. All the spotted. The kick is away. And the kick is... Here comes the rush, and here's the hit, and a run. Second down attempt. Oh, what a hit. You can't do that. The quarterback, you can't he fight. the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms. Bear tested. Somebody stop that down. man. Jump, bitch. Ladies and gentlemen, now your host, Mr. Aaron Mutes, and his co-host, Akeem. This is your one-stop shop for all college and NFL football. Here is Sideline to Sideline. Welcome back into Sideline to Sideline, the podcast. We are episode number 20. Welcome in, everybody. I'm your host, Aaron Mukes. Um, let me just say, guys, if I if I sound a little bit out of it today, it's just because I'm sad, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm sad. Uh, there, there's a couple things that are on my mind that I want to get off my chest. Um, but overall, man, I'm just sad. I, I'm sad to see a player like Dak Prescott, who's done so much in a short period of time, you know, go out with that kind of injury. It's just it's just devastating to watch. Uh, the minute he waved to the sideline, I I literally just I was speechless. I knew I knew what it was, I knew it wasn't good, and I, I knew that Dallas would be in a world of trouble. But but I want to say this. I want to I want to say this first and foremost before we get into today to today's show. How can you not root for a guy that garners the respect? at the level we've seen Dak Prescott receive over the weekend. You could be a Cowboy hater. You could be a Dak Prescott hater because he's on the Cowboys. You could be a Jerry Jones hater. uh, uh, You know, somebody who... Did you watch the players? Watch the players on the field, both teams. Look at their reactions. This isn't a reaction you get when, when when a player just gets injured. It was bigger than that. And... I think that's what I what I found the most interesting was you look at the players on the other team. I mean, the minute Logan Ryan tackled him, he got up. He's waving, you know, come get him, come get him. Something's wrong. It's it's amazing to me when we see these guys that have that much respect around the league. And here we are every day on these debate shows and in the media. And we're talking about, does he deserve to get paid? Well, that you know, two minutes of of watching those players on the field while he sat there before the cart came out and got him and, and he drove off in tears, that tells you everything you need to know. That tells you that that franchise quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys deserves to get paid. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave it at this. I'm sad today. So if I'm a little bit out of it, that's why I just don't like to see any player go down like that, let alone my star quarterback who should have gotten his money and didn't. But that's a topic for another day. Let's get right into the show. Let's go sideline to sideline. Let's rock. 
All right, so we saw the firing of another head coach, uh, pretty much the whole staff. Atlanta looks like they're cleaning house after another terrible defeat. They just look bad. Um, I don't know if if there's going to be changes at the quarterback position, but they're talking about reevaluating the position of Matt Ryan. And he just looks like kind of washed up. And, it, you know, he's not that old. And we talk about these elite quarterbacks in the league. He's just a few years removed from being in the Super Bowl, winning an MVP, and now he looks like he can't play. And I don't mean he can't play like he's a, he doesn't have the talent, but he looks like he's taking a step backwards. Um, similar to, you know, I don't want to compare him to Carson Wentz, but similar to that type of um, that type of player, just there, and and he's not really performing the way we we're used to seeing him perform. So. Matt Ryan ends up, you know, taking another loss. They go to 0-5. And honestly, the Carolina Panthers are are producing and performing a lot better than many thought they would. But they're not a juggernaut by any means. And Atlanta continues to be awful. Uh, Todd Gurley actually has been running the ball well the last couple of weeks. And yet, Julio Jones injured. The defense can't stop anybody. And Matt Ryan keeps turning the ball over. So Dan Quinn, um, and he's gone. So we'll see what happens with you know his replacement or who they decide to bring in. But they also got rid of Thomas Dimitrov, uh, long overdue, and we will we will keep an eye on who they have their eyes set on and what's next for the Atlanta Falcons and Matt Ryan as we move forward. Uh, second thing, Jimmy Garoppolo was benched in this game against the Dolphins. Now. Let's be honest, at halftime, it wasn't much of a game. They were getting blown out. He's coming off an ankle injury. Um, there's there's reason to, to believe that it was just to protect Jimmy G going forward, but he did not look good in the first half of that game. And Niner fans, you can blame your practice squad defensive back all you want. That practice squad defensive back didn't throw those picks, and those were ugly throws. Nobody, who knows where he was throwing the ball? They were ugly. So... Yes, the game might not have been on Jimmy G, but his performance was, and that performance was not good. Um, we've already seen what Nick Mullins can do on a regular basis, and C.J. Beathard seems to be a backup. Nobody really wants to give him the reins, so the Niners situation at quarterback is, is going to be one to watch, and where do they go from here? Does Jimmy G set out another game? They have a tough game coming up against the Rams. Who knows? If Jimmy G is going to be ready to play in that one, and interesting, uh, fun, fun fact, just just to throw it out there, the Niners are two and three. They're zero and three at home, and the only two wins that they have this year are against the Giants and Jets, a combined zero and ten, and they happened at MetLife Stadium, the stadium that the 49ers complained about. <laughs> now I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have complained about it. I'm just saying it's kind of funny that. The one stadium that they didn't want to play in is the only place they got wins in. Uh, so, so we'll see what's next for the 49ers, but they got a tough road ahead in that division, man. They got a lot of good teams in that division. It is going to be fun to watch. And then the last thing quickly is Dalvin Cook injured his growing. Uh, looks like he's having an MRI. Um, I doubt that he's going to be ready to go for week six. And if he's not ready to go for week six, I would expect Alexander Madison to take over the bulk of carries in that offense. 
And I, I think they'll be fine, though. You know, they get to play Atlanta. And Atlanta obviously is not very good. So I think they'll be okay while Dalvin, Dalvin Cook's out. Then they go on a bye week. And then they get Green Bay. So let them rest up, get healed, and um, allow them to come back when they play Green Bay because that's going to be a big game for that division. So what's on tap for today's show? Man, I want to talk I want to talk some college football. Uh, there were some announcements today about COVID outbreaks at the University of Florida. They have a big game this week. Um, I also want to talk about a little bit more about the Dallas Cowboys and the replacement of Dak Prescott, where they go from here. And we're going to get into our game picks. The last couple weeks have been a struggle. I was under 500 for the first time uh, of the season. But once again, I was 5-0. and um, I'm 5-0 and on lock picks of the week. So when I give you my lock pick, just know it's going to happen. Uh, mainly just pick against the Jets if you're if you're paying attention to that. We will also talk about Le'Veon Bell and the tension in the New York Jets locker room. Um, you know I don't like talking about the Jets, but Le'Veon Bell seems to be on his way out. We will go into that. And then the COVID stuff obviously continues to plague the NFL. And what, what are we going to do here? Could we see an expanded playoffs? Could we see a possible bubble they're discussing? Uh, we'll get into all of that. Um, so... Let's get right into it, man. Let's uh, let's talk about the Cowboys. All right. So Dak Prescott's hurt. We know that. We're not gonna we're not gonna harp on that. We know it was sad. Uh, I'm still recovering from that. But where do they go from here? Where's the where's the state of that NFC East at? And and is Dallas still the favorite? I mean, is Andy Dalton still the best quarterback in that division? That's a legitimate that's a legitimate conversation. We we can see Andy Dalton still being the best quarterback in the NFC East. And it's been it's been bad. That division's been bad over the last couple of years. We have Daniel Jones, who is a turnover machine. No offensive line. You have Dwayne Haskins, who was benched for Kyle Allen, who was hurt for Alex Smith, who's now getting benched for Kyle Allen if he's healthy. But if not, then Alex Smith will start. I don't know what's going on in Washington. Um, I just know that they don't have a quarterback. And then in Philly, we see Carson Wentz continue to struggle. He is, he's just putting his team in bad positions. You know, when you pay a quarterback $100 million, you, you decide, hey, this is our investment. This is our guy. And you pay him $100 million. It's not, it's not enough to just be good. It, it's not. It's not enough to just be good. You have to... Bring wins to your team. You have to get them over their their shortcomings. You have to overcome their, whatever their shortcomings are. So if you have a bad defense, a la Russell Wilson, you know, or a, or a Patrick Mahomes for for a couple of years in Kansas City, if you have a bad defense, you have to be able to overcome that bad defense and still win games. Seattle has one of the worst defenses in the league. One one of the worst, and yet. Here they are sitting at 5 and 0 because of Russell Wilson. So so being able to overcome those things is 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 really really important. You have to be able to overcome that. And Carson Wentz hasn't been able to do that. Carson Wentz is you're you're trying to do too much but yet you don't want the blame when you can't accomplish it, you want all the excuses of not having receivers or no offensive line or the defense isn't playing well. 
And these, these analysts continue to make excuses for him. So Andy Dalton steps in in Dallas. And Andy Dalton went to the playoffs five straight times in Cincinnati. He was never able to win a playoff game. But he has that experience. And that experience, adding to a team like Dallas, who their defense is not very good, but they have an, an abundance of weapons offensively. I think he'll be able to fit in. And with the easiest remaining schedule in the NFL, I, I think that Dallas is still the favorite to win this division. And that's not something I'm really proud to say. I'm not rooting for you know, these other teams to be as bad as they are. But unfortunately, with the state of the NFC East, Dallas is probably still the best team in that division. And, you know, we're not going to go anywhere. So Dallas makes the playoffs. They're out in the first round. They get a mid, you know, they go 8-8. Eight and eight. They win the division at 8-8. Eight and eight. They get a mid-tier first round pick. It's the same story every year. This is what I've been saying. Like, we have to either suck. If we're going to suck, let's suck. You know what I mean? Like, that was a little running joke in my house the other day because I said that. Like, if we're going to suck, let's just suck all the way. Let's get a high draft pick. And I'm not talking about tanking. I'm just saying, why do we continue to be average? If we're going to be good, be good. If you're going to be bad, just be bad. I'll take a top five draft pick. We could use some defensive help. Some guys out there that I'm looking at. So uh, the NFC East is, is just kind of the bottom of the barrel of the league. And I still see Dallas winning the division. They have the easiest remaining schedule. Philly has one of the toughest. Uh, they go to Baltimore. They got to go play Baltimore this week. Probably another loss. Dallas gets Arizona. We'll see if they can uh, pull off the win on Monday night. But it's it, it's get, it's getting bad. The NFC East is getting bad, and I don't know if it's going to change anytime soon. So Le'Veon Bell likes a tweet or an Instagram post or whatever it was saying that talking crap about the Jets offense and the the Jets offense is is bad. We I mean we we talked about it, right? We we talk about how bad the Jets offense is and now we're we're looking at a situation where Le'Veon Bell doesn't want to be there. Uh Adam Gase and him don't get along. We can we can see Adam Gase moving away from Le'Veon Bell and now they're trying to trade him from a mid-tier, mid-level pick or some, you know, some sort of assets in the future. Where is Le'Veon Bell gonna go? Let's talk about that. I mean, we 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 always talk about these players that he was a superstar, but where with his salary, where does he actually fit in? And I really can't find a team. <laughs> if I'm being honest, if I'm a team that is out of running back right now. Um, for instance, you know, the Chargers, who just lost Austin Eckler. We could talk about, like, Chicago. with They have David Montgomery, but, you know, Tariq Cohen got hurt. David Montgomery's been inconsistent. Something like that. Where where does he fit in? Because he wants to be the guy. He thinks he's still Le'Veon Bell from 2014, 2015. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, like, 2,000 total yard running back. So he still believes he's that guy. Where is he going to get that opportunity? And is there a team that that fits, right, where he's going to get those touches? I have searched all morning looking for one. I can't find one. I'm not giving up a pick for, for Le'Veon Bell. He looks washed. 
And I don't know that he really wants to play football. Like, I think I think he's out there for the money. I don't know that he really wants to play football. Or he has that passion or desire to be great. I, I think it's gone. And unfortunately, he's, it could be Adam Gase. Maybe Adam Gase really just killed that man's career. But I think the year he took off in Pittsburgh over, over contractual stuff, I, I think it hurt him. And I would be surprised if a team really invested heavily in Le'Veon Bell especially with that price tag. I don't see him getting moved, but if he does get moved, I don't see him taking over as some lead back anywhere. I, I, I mean, maybe you guys can maybe you guys can chime in when I post this on online. Uh, give me some feedback. Where do you guys think Le'Veon Bell best fits? Because I, I don't see a fit. I don't see a fit. Uh, he might as well just stay in New York, ride it out, because Adam Gase will eventually be gone. He's going to get fired this year. He has to. They're terrible. And maybe a new coach comes in and knows how to use him, uh, but I don't see I don't see Le'Veon Bell being that guy, that 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 every down back, um, you know that 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 we're used to. All right, so I saved this special moment. Um, I want to get to my rant. We are going to take a quick break. I will be right back. We will have my rant of the week. It is going to be special. <music> Welcome back into Sideline to Sideline, the podcast. I got something special for you guys right now I want to talk about. Uh, he's a fan favorite. He's been getting a lot of publicity over the past couple of weeks. Um, I had high hopes for him coming into the league. But I want to talk about something before we get into him. I want to, this is where the rant starts. This is what makes me so frustrated. We as football fans, we watch football every Sunday or Saturday if you're into college. And we watch these players and we can look at a guy and we can say, man, that guy has talent. Okay? That's not our job. Our job is not to determine whether somebody is actually going to be good at football. But we watch them and we say, well, we can see it. It's pretty obvious that guy has talent. That guy can play. And then you get these, you get these five-star recruits. They go to these big colleges in the SEC or the Pac-12 or the Big Ten. And they light it up. They're, they're you know, National Player of the Year. Heisman Trophy candidates, um, they're winning the Jim Thorpe Award and this award and all, all these awards. And then they go, and now it's time to be entering the NFL, right? The NFL has a process that they have. The process is you have a pro day or you go to the combine. They do all of these things. They poke you, they prod you, they measure you, they give you physicals, they ask you questions, they test your mental, your physical, everything. They, they put on this event. They test you to determine if you're fit, if you're physically, mentally fit to be in the NFL or for their particular team, right? Each team is doing it on their own. How is it? How it, it's your event. How is it that a player like DK Metcalf, who produced in college, who went to the combine hosted by the NFL and produced there, Physically, probably the most physically gifted receiver we've seen in a very, very long time. I mean, he looked like, coming into the league, he looked like T.O. looked in his prime, right? I mean, the dude is just shredded. Big, strong. He runs a 4-3-40 at the combine. 
I mean, at his size, it's ridiculous. He's he's blowing the combine numbers out of the water. He's doing all of these things. He's showing teams that he's physically ready. He's already shown game film or tape that he can play the game, that he was a special talent, okay? And then all of a sudden you get to the NFL draft. And as the draft approaches, you hear teams saying, well, DK Metcalf is dropping on their draft boards because we're not sure if he can run routes. Not sure if he can run routes? He's a wide receiver. You know, there are special route runners in the NFL. There are, you know, there's the Amari Coopers, there's the Keenan Allens, there's the old school Chad Johnsons that were just above and beyond elite Keenan McCardells. Like these guys were elite route runners. They had special, special talent at route running. But he's played receiver his damn near his whole life. You know, you're telling me he can't run a dig? You're telling me he can't run a hitch route? This, this, oh, you're not able to run routes and create separation. He's been doing it his whole life. He did it in college. He didn't just go deep. He didn't, wasn't like, hey, let's run a nine route every time. He's been showing that he's been able to run routes. And now you ask for the physical abilities, and he has them, right? He has them more so than anybody that comes out of that draft. And what happens? You pick eight guys, eight guys go before him in the draft. Eight, not two, not, oh, two other guys that had special talents as well. Eight guys. Let, be, let me, man, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm pissed off. Let me talk about who went before him. The first pick was Hollywood Brown, an undersized receiver. Now, don't get me, from Oklahoma, he's he's got electrifying speed, and he could be a special talent himself. Okay, you want to pick Hollywood Brown before him, first-round Baltimore that fit their offense better. That's what they, you know, they wanted to do things, different things. Big playmaking ability, great. I'll give you Hollywood Brown. The next guy picked before DK Metcalf is Nikhil Harry. Now, somebody please tell me what Nikhil Harry does better than DK Metcalf. I know it's not route running. Have you watched him run routes? They're lazy. They're not the best. He's big and strong, but not bigger and stronger than DK Metcalf. And he's damn sure not faster. So tell me what New England saw in Nikhil Harry that they didn't see in DK Metcalf. Now, I'll even excuse this pick because Bill Belichick's different. We all know he the kind of guys he brings in are just different. So we move past Nikhil Harry. Okay, Nikhil Harry goes before him. 49ers get Debo Samuel. This dude showed last year that he's a playmaker. Playmaking ability all over the field. You can do so much with him. He used to play running back. Um, he brought a little different versatile skill set to, to the 49ers. He could do some things maybe DK is not accustomed to doing. Lining up in the backfield, running reverses, things like that. That's a Shanahan offense. They went for a piece that fit their offense. I will excuse that pick. That's three. Okay? That's three that if you wanted to stretch, I would say, go ahead. Then we get into where I start having question marks. A.J. Brown, a teammate of D.K. Metcalf, who he, you know, co-signed and said he, he's great and all these things. But is there a real big difference between A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf? I mean, what do they do? What does A.J. Brown do so much better than D.K. Metcalf? 
they were a lot of the same player in college. Say you want to say he's a better route runner. Possibly. He's not, he's not as physically gifted. I mean, I mean, we can see it. I mean, look at look at the way look at the way DK Metcalf looks. He looks like a statue. <laughs> like the dude is solid. He's fast, he's big, he's strong, he has hands. I'm not I'm not buying AJ Brown being better. We're seeing it. AJ Brown had a great, great year last year, but so did DK. And DK, question marks about his health. He's hasn't been hurt. He's been playing. AJ Brown's out. And this is where you completely lose me. Miko Hardman, JJ Arcega Whiteside, and Colts Paris Campbell. Cardinals Andy Isabella. These four receivers, don't get me wrong, they have talent. They all got speed. They're all capable of being NFL receivers. But I don't look at those guys. I don't look at those guys and say, that's an elite talent. That's going to be one of the best receivers in football. DK Metcalf, I argued before the draft, should have been a top 10 pick. That's where he was slated to go. Top 10. You're telling me that you watched him run routes and he, he blew away the combine. You watched him run routes and said, you know what? Now we got to drop him. Okay, you got to drop him. Out of the top 10. Makes sense. You got to drop him. Look where you dropped him to. He went 64th overall. 64th. You're telling me there was 63 players better than him in that draft? I don't think so. And he's proving everybody wrong. And once again, it goes to show you these talent evaluators, these scouts, these coaches that look for measurements, it only applies to certain things. They pick and choose who they want, who, who's best for them, who do they want to see succeed. The opportunities in the NFL are not equal. And I will say this till I'm blue in the face. There are a ton, a ton of past players that never got opportunities in the league. And we missed out. As fans, we missed out on superior talent because they weren't given a chance. Because their hands weren't big enough. Or maybe they were big enough, but quote unquote, they couldn't run a route. There's no measurement for heart. There's no measurement for hard work. There's no measurement for being willing to do whatever it takes to be great. And, you know, I listened to an interview with Russell Wilson, and he talks about how he thinks the way DK Metcalf works, that he's going to go down as one of the greatest receivers of all time. And, you know, that might be a stretch. And I know he's a teammate. But when you listen to a, somebody like Russell Wilson, who's never received an MVP vote, talk about a player. Talk about a player who's on his team that the first thing he did was go sit next to Russell Wilson talk and started bugging him, asking him questions on how to be better. I'm going to listen to that guy. I'm going to believe what that guy is saying because I've watched the way Russell Wilson has worked. I've watched the way a guy who was a short quarterback who wasn't supposed to be good and come in and be the best quarterback in football and never receive an MVP vote. MVP vote. So I'm going to listen to that guy that plays with a chip on his shoulder, that can't see over the offensive line and continues to prove people wrong year after year after year. And the people that watch him play and hate the way he plays, but he always gets the job done. That's the guy I'm going to listen to. So when he says DK Metcalf is special, I'm going to believe he's special. But it's not surprising. We all saw it. Everybody watched him at Ole Miss. Everybody watched him at the Combine. 
And everybody's watched him his first two years. And he continues to make special plays and be a special receiver. And yet, talent evaluators, scouts, coaches, they all passed on him. And now Seattle is reaping the benefits. And I'm just, I, it's its old, man. Like, when do we just watch the tape? Watch the tape. If a guy can play football, a guy can play football. I don't need to see him play. Uh, I don't need to see what his hand size is. Like, I've watched him play. Hand size is great. If you have it and you can play, that's a bonus. But I'd like to see more talent evaluators throw on game film and say, I picked that guy because every time I put on the tape, he was sacking the quarterback. Every time I put on the tape, he was making a big play. Every time I put on the tape, he was breaking a tackle. Every time I put on the tape, he was making a throw. We've watched these big, strong, physical quarterbacks every year come out. They have all the tools, but they either don't have it here or they don't have it here. And heart and head, <clears throat> heart and, and the mental side of it. And if you don't have that, you have nothing. You can be as physically gifted as you want. In the NFL, you're going to get beat down real quick. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm upset, man. I, I watch DK every week. Make plays, continue to make plays. And I'm like, that's a dude that was supposed to go top 10. That's a Calvin Johnson-esque player. And we marveled at the things he did. And we're marveling at what Calvin Johnson, uh, at what DK Metcalf's doing now. And yet he goes 64th overall. Because teams feel, oh, he might not be a great route runner. I'm sorry. Where's the coaching? Coach that. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, we talk about coaching in the NFL. Coach that. I see that talent right there, and I see the way he works and how he has his body. I'll coach. I'll teach you how to run a route. We'll work night and day if that's really an issue. It's about giving opportunities to people that they want to give opportunities to, and it's disappointing. But you know what? I'm happy for DK because I think he went to the right spot. It pisses me off, though, watching that. Because you know how many players out there would love to those opportunities? Love those opportunities because they work harder than the next guy, but they never get them because they maybe haven't, their hand is a millimeter too small. Or their 40 is 4'4 four, four instead of 4'3'8. Like, it's, it's bizarre. It's a bizarre sports world we live in, but that's the reality of it. So, DK, I'm, I hope you are, are an example, um, as many have been before you that we shouldn't take uh, measurements and the combine. And it, it's, it's, again, it's an, it encompasses everything. It encompasses everything. We have to look at, we have to look at the game tape. Can he play football? Can he play football? It's a yes or no answer. Look at the tape. Can he play football? If the answer is yes, then I don't see there's a reason why we should be shying away from those players. Simple as that. All right, man, I'm done with that. I uh, it, it just irritates me watching that every week, guys. I just, you know, I'm somebody who likes receiving receivers. I look for certain things. DK DK has a lot of them. I wish he was on Dallas. You know what I mean? I wish he was on Dallas. All right, let's get into these picks. Week six picks. Last week I went seven and five. 
A couple of games getting postponed, canceled. I'm still waiting on the outcome of the Bills and the Titans game, so we'll have that answer tonight, obviously. I'm recording this on Tuesday. Uh, I should win, though. I took Buffalo. <laughs> um, I, I don't believe in Tennessee. I believe they win. They've, they've won a lot of close games. I think they're getting by. Um, they're good, but they're not great. I, I like what Buffalo's doing there. I should go up to 8-5. We shall see. And then prior to that, I went 6-7-1, and one, um, which is not very good at all. I am now uh, 30. I am 40 30 and 1. So I'm 40 and 30 and 1 on the season. Uh, I had a tie last week that was a push. Um, I think somebody won by 7. I had them by 7. So I'm 40, 30 and 1, still over 500. I am 5 and 0 on my lock picks of the week, which is big. So when I say it's my lock of the week, please take it because you can get some money. Go go put in a bet and let's cash. Let's get right into it. Let's start with Houston and Tennessee. Um, there is no line for this game, obviously, because Tennessee hasn't played this week. I would expect Tennessee to win this game. They are at home, so they'll probably be somewhere along the lines of a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I am going to take Tennessee six-and-a-half or less. If it's more than six-and-a-half, I will take Houston. But I think Tennessee is going to win that game. Cincinnati goes to Indy. Indy is an eight-point favorite. Uh, Joe Burrow, guys, is he's playing better than I thought he was. Now, last week he played against Baltimore and they made him look like a rookie, which he is. But for the most part, I'm pretty pleased with what I've seen from him. I do think there is going to be some challenges ahead and some regression from what he's done in the first couple of weeks. Justin Herbert is right on his heels. And I told everybody Justin Herbert would outshine uh, Joe Burrow this year. And it looks like he is. So I'm going to take Indy in this game, minus eight. I think Cincinnati has a lot of issues on defense, a lot of issues on the offensive line. I like Indianapolis to bounce back after last week. Atlanta goes to Minnesota. Minnesota's favored by three and a half. They would be likely without Dalvin Cook. I don't think that matters in this game. I think Atlanta is a mess, and I think Minnesota is starting to play a lot better than they did early in the season. I know they lost last week against Seattle in a tough one, but all they needed was a yard. Um, I, I thought the call was the right call. And, you know, I was going to come on here today and talk about that coaching decision as I was arguing with a couple of buddies of mine because they said they should have kicked the field goal and went up by eight. But I continue to say the same thing. If you want to be a Super Bowl team, if you want to be a Super Bowl team in the NFL and it's fourth and one and you have the chance to put the game away, like put it completely away, you get the yard, the game's over. I think the majority of coaches right now are going for it. And I think the majority of championship teams are going to get it. And if you don't, then you're probably not a championship team. Now, you watch that play again, the hole was there. It was a beautiful play design. The hole was there. It was missed. You know, I think it was Madison who cut up instead of cutting to the outside, um, off, the, off the tackle or off the guard's hip. Um, the yard was there. It was an easy, it was an easy first down. And if he gets that yard, we don't have the conversation about Russell Wilson bringing their team back. And then also the defense didn't stand up and hold Russell Wilson. So there were a number of things that attributed to that loss, not just the fact that Zimmer decided to go for it. So I was on board with that. But I think Minnesota bounces back this week against Atlanta. I think they get their second win. I will take Minnesota minus three and a half. 
Denver, New England, if the game is played, there is a chance Cam Newton is back. There also is a chance that Drew Locke is back. Uh, Denver was one of my teams I liked coming into the year. I thought they had a lot of young offensive weapons. I liked Drew Locke. Um, their injuries are concerning. I think they're going to struggle the remainder of this year. New England has a way with young quarterbacks. I will take New England in this one. Washington goes to New York. New York is favored by three. This is the battle of the, uh, I don't know, battle for last place in the NFC East, I guess. Um, Washington is looking to Kyle Allen as long as he's healthy. I will take the Giants in this one. The Giants showed me a little bit. Devontae Freeman helps them. It gives them a little bit of a running game without Saquon Barkley, but Daniel Jones just can't turn the ball over. I really like Darius Slayton. Evan Ingram had himself a game, but I will take I will take New York in this one. I think they win this game pretty easily against Washington. The only thing I want to see is Antonio Gibson continue to see a workload, and I'll be happy. Baltimore goes to Philly. Philly is 7.5-point underdogs at home. Again, I think this Baltimore defense is going to give Philly fits. I think the Baltimore offense is going to give Philly defense fits. I like Baltimore to repeat what Pittsburgh just did to Philadelphia last week. I like Baltimore minus 7.5. <clears throat> Cleveland goes to Pittsburgh. Game of the week, 4-1 versus 4-0. Pittsburgh looks to be back. Big Ben is back. Cleveland's playing well. Cleveland comes off a big win against Indianapolis, who I chose. You know, I chose Indianapolis in that one. Um, I think Pittsburgh gets this win there at home, that defense. I think Baker Mayfield struggles, and we all know how good Pittsburgh is against the run. So Kareem Hunt may be neutralized to somewhat, uh, to some degree. I will take Pittsburgh minus three and a half. Chicago goes to Carolina. Teddy Bridgewater is... Probably my mo the most impressive player in the league this year. And I, you know, I'm i not saying he's the best, but from what he's come back from, you know, almost never being able to play football again, to being a backup quarterback in New Orleans, to replacing Drew Brees and going 5-0, and but being more of a, a game manager type or style of quarterback, it's, it's impressive what he's done this year. And we have to give up. Let's take some time to give some credit to, to Matt Rule. And... You know, when Ron Rivera left, a lot of people thought this was just going to be a complete overhaul. We're starting from scratch. Matt Rule has done a nice job here. Uh, he's kept them relevant. They're in games. They're playing tough. They're without their best player, and they're still finding ways to win. And, you know, I know they beat an Atlanta team who's 0-5, but just a week before, they beat Arizona. Teddy Bridgewater's playing well. Uh, Mike Davis has come in and filled in for Christian McCaffrey nicely. Robbie Anderson has been a huge, huge addition to that team. And, and we like I said, I think Matt Rule deserves a lot of credit here. They're 3-2. and two, They're on a three-game win streak. And they should be getting Christian McCaffrey back soon. I, I'm, I'm excited for Carolina and where they're headed. And I think, that, I think that Teddy Bridgewater and Matt Rule deserve a lot of credit. I'm going to take Carolina in this game against Chicago. We all know Nick Foles owns Tom Brady. Uh, but I have been on the record a number of times telling everybody, and I continue to do so, that Nick Foles is not a good quarterback. Okay, That's not going to change because he beat a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team who traveled on Thursday to Chicago. It doesn't change. He is still not a good quarterback. 
I mean, you know, he. May, I'm not saying he's never played well. But when you rely on him to be consistent throughout the course of a season and put it all together, he's not a good quarterback. And you can argue with me. You can tell me he made $100 million. You can tell me or he made you know millions of dollars and won a Super Bowl and got a Super Bowl MVP. But that doesn't matter to me. So did Joe Flacco. And where's he at? Nick Foles is not a good quarterback. He's serviceable. He's average. So let's get off the Nick Foles train. Carolina wins this game. Detroit goes to Jacksonville. I, I've, I've been racking my brain over this one. I don't know why. They both suck. But there's something about Jacksonville that keeps me coming back to them. The way they play, they're young. Detroit is just – Matt Patricia is on is, is on – you know, on notice that his job could be in jeopardy as well. He has taken, he took over a nine and seven Detroit team and they haven't, they've won like six games since he's been there. It's, and, and then you bring in Adrian Peterson when you're, you're shifting your team. You got a lot of young talent. You bring in Adrian Peterson and now he's taking away a carries from draft choices that you guys drafted high. You have invested, you know, time and, and draft capital into these guys and you don't even give them the ball. Like, Adrian Peterson is what he is. He's an older running back who is serviceable, but he's not special. He's not the special Adrian Peterson we've, we've come to know. So why DeAndre Swift isn't getting carries and, and why Kerryon Johnson isn't, it's it's bizarre, man. I, I don't know. I think Matt Patricia is trying to be Bill Belichick 2.0, and you're not, you're, not that da- you're not that guy, dude. Like, you're not that guy. Let it go. Or you're going to find yourself without a job. And I feel bad for Matt Stafford, who's been playing his best football uh, last year before he got hurt and this year. And, and you know, guys like Kenny Galladay, because I, I don't think they're they're receiving um, what they deserve. And I think they deserve more. So I think Matt Patricia should be put on notice that uh, his job could be in jeopardy. I'm going to take Jacksonville in this one. I think that Detroit might win the game, but maybe by field goal. I think it'll be close. I think Jacksonville um, covers there. Jets in Miami, no contest. Miami. I'm not even going to talk about that game. You see what they did to the Niners. That's a team that plays hard, regardless of the talent um, separation between the teams. And the Jets, um, until Adam Gase is gone, they don't they don't have any hope. Probably 0-16 this year. Green Bay goes to Tampa Bay. Probably another game that's going to be on a lot of people's radar, Brady versus Rodgers. Tampa Bay is underdog at home by for two or by two and a half. I if Devontae Adams is back in this game. This is going to be a really good game. I, I like Green Bay here. Green Bay has been playing. Aaron Rodgers is playing at MVP level without his weapons. Uh, Tampa Bay seems to be a little bit more up and down. They're still trying to find their rhythm. I, I like Green Bay here to cover the two and a half points and win by a field goal. The Rams and the Niners. Look for the Niners to go 0-4 at home. I'm... I'm picking the Rams. I can't pick the 49ers right now. They have a lot of injuries. They're they're inconsistent. Their offense doesn't seem to be clicking on all cylinders. Their running game um, has had its up and downs and seems to only produce when they play the Giants or the Jets. It's I think that Super Bowl hangover is uh is real, guys. And I think the Niners are in trouble. When you're losing to Miami at home, I don't care what the excuses are. I don't care that there's, you know, injuries. It doesn't matter. It would be the same way. I would say the same thing about my own team, Dallas. If, if Dallas had lost to the Giants, 
the the storyline wouldn't be, oh, it's because Dak got hurt. Well, that's fine. Dak got hurt, and we're we have 10 starters on IR, as do the Niners. But the Giants are just that bad. Your backups should beat them. Like, you know, the backups beat the Giants and beat the Jets. <clears throat> Miami's not a great team. They 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 shouldn't go in there and do what they did to you. Coming off a week where Philadelphia did what they did to you. So the Niners have a lot of issues. Um and and I, I think the Rams, I think the Rams get this one. I think the Rams being favored on the road, I, I think it's appropriate. I think the Rams are a better football team right now. Niners are gonna have to show me again. Right now, I uh starting to lose faith. Kansas City and Buffalo, if the game happens on Monday night. Ah, this is going to be a good one, man. I know Kansas City's coming off a loss. I would like to see both teams be undefeated going into this one. But Oakland, we talked about Oakland. I've been telling you guys, man, the Raiders, John Gruden's got it going. That's They're legit. And when Henry Ruggs is playing, uh, he's a difference maker. Even with only two receptions, he changes the way teams play defense against the Raiders. And it leaves a lot of room for Waller and Jacobs to do work. So... Uh, Kansas City should bounce back here. I'm going to take Kansas City just because I don't, again, I know I said I'm going to pick them until they lose. They lost. And I watched the game and I still have faith in them. Like Mahomes is just a different level of player. He's different. <laughs> like Anthony Davis called LeBron, he different. You know what I mean? Like he He's different. So um, I'm going to take Kansas City there. And my Buffalo should put up a fight. I just think, you know, the line will probably be like five and a half or something um, since Kansas City's on the road. And I think there's going to be fans in Buffalo. I'm not sure, but if there are, uh, that could change something. But I still like Kansas City here. And then the Monday night game, Arizona goes to Dallas. I expect this to be a high-scoring affair. Dallas's defense still can't stop anybody. Um, but I am going to take Arizona in this one. Dallas is a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home. I think Arizona wins by at least a field goal. I think we're going to have trouble stopping that offense and Kyler Murray. And until I see better play out of our defense, any good team, we're not going to we're I'm not going to pick us. We're not going to beat a good team until until our defense plays better. So I will take Arizona in this one. All right, that's all I got for today, man. Uh, another great show. Um, I want to make an announcement Sunday mornings on Twitch TV. We have a new show. It is called The Lineup Setters, hosted by myself and Justin Henry. Um, check us out on Twitch TV. Just search up The Lineup Setters. We've shot two episodes so far. Uh, we're just trying to give some daily fantasy advice. It's a daily fantasy show. We talk about DFS, DraftKings, um, setting your, your lineups for the day to win your matchup. We also talk some, some redraft dynasty, Devi stuff, keeper leagues. Um, we talk, we, we break, basically break down matchups and we talk about our picks for the week as far as um, we do a little head-to-head -head, uh, DK DraftKings uh, contest between him and I. And it's just a lot of fun, man. Go check us out on Twitch TV. You can also catch previous episodes on Spotify or Apple Music or iTunes. Uh, show us some love. Uh, again, thank you to everybody that's been listening. I know some shows are going a little bit longer than others, but we're just trying to make sure we bring you guys consistent content. And I'm having a lot of fun with this, man. It's, I don't know where this is going to go, but I'm having a lot of fun doing it. If anybody wants to get on as a special guest in Sacramento, hit me up. Um, I'm always willing to talk football with you guys, uh, shoot the shit, get into a little bit of debate. 
and we'll keep it pushing. So uh, again, follow us at sideline to sideline underscore podcast on Instagram at S2 podcast on Twitter. And then again, um, you can follow my Facebook page if you want and then follow my uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm going to start putting the video footage um, on there um, when we record. So just subscribe to my channel. I'm going to bring some other content and maybe have some more interviews. I'm trying to lock down some some more interviews and, and some more guests. So again, follow my YouTube channel and subscribe. It's all on my social media platform. I appreciate the love. Enjoy the weekend. Week six. Good luck to everybody's teams. Peace out.